May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, so uh, good to be back with you all after uh, I've had to take two weeks off. Um, I feel like I've sort of forgotten how to preach. Um, it's been so long. I had an experience uh, a few years ago of hitting near rock bottom in my life. Um, I was like, felt literally at the end of my rope. Uh, This experience that I was going through reduced me uh, to almost feeling like nothing, uh, both personally and uh, professionally. I was sort of a stump of a man. There was some left of me, but uh, I was really going through a rough time. And luckily, all was not lost. Uh, I was only reduced uh, and perhaps refined or uh, pured by this, uh, pruned by this um, this experience. And uh, with help, I was uh, able to get out of this desperate situation. Holly, my wife, was instrumental during that time, living out our marriage vows of uh, loving me through this. Uh, and of course, my faith in God's saving power was tested uh, through this, and I'd have to say strengthened by it. Um, it was uh, really a rough time, and you've probably gone uh, through something like this where some factor in the world has uh, reduced you to feeling almost like nothing um, and feeling hopeless. In George Orwell's uh, dystopian novel, 1984, the protagonist is this man named Winston Smith. And if you don't know the story, uh, he lives in a society where uh, there's a ruling party. It's called the inner party, um, and they keep control on everything. Everywhere you go, there are, uh, this is prophetic in 1949 when he wrote it. Everywhere you go, there are cameras watching everything you do and listening to everything that you do so that if you deviate from the party's orthodoxy, uh, you will be tortured. Um, not killed, but tortured so that you might be refined so that you, your individuality is stamped out. Your personality is done away with. They don't merely want to uh, they can't just punish you by killing you. They, they want to eliminate the thought because the wrong thought is the, is the problem. And Winston Smith uh, has, has gone against the inner party and they find him out. And he goes through several months of torture. And the man who's his handler is this guy named O'Brien, who's the sort of villain antagonist of the story, who's torturing Smith uh, through uh, several occasions, several chapters in this book. And there's one instance where Smith is lying there on the table, strapped in and being electrocuted. And he's having an argument with O'Brien, his torturer. And I want to read you the dialogue of this experience. Smith says, after, so after O'Brien is talking to him and arguing and trying to, to tell him that he's right about what he's trying to do in terms of stamping out the individuality, the personality, um, Smith says, I don't know, I don't care, somehow you will fail. Something will defeat you, life will defeat you. And O'Brien, the torturer, says, we control life, Winston, at all levels. You are imagining that there is something called human nature which will be uh, outraged by what we, are, what we do and will turn against us. But we created human nature. Men are infinitely malleable. Or perhaps you have returned to your old idea that the proletarians or the slaves will rise and overthrow us. Put it out of your mind. They are helpless like animals. And Smith responds, I don't care. In the end, they will beat you. Sooner or later, they will see you for what you are. And then they will tear you to pieces. And O'Brien, the torturer, responds, 
Do you see any evidence of this happening or any reason why it should? Smith says, no, I believe it. I know that you will fail. There is something in the universe. I don't know, some, some spirit, some principle that you will never overcome. O'Brien, do you believe in God, Winston? Smith, no. O'Brien, then what is it, this principle that will defeat us? Smith, I don't know, the spirit of man. Uh, Smith is uh, holding out hope when he seems to be the last man. The original title of this book was Last Man in Europe, not 1984, because Smith was the last sort of man with individuality, with this sort of opinion to, to defy the orthodoxy of the inner party. This last man is holding out uh, that no matter how bad things get, evil will not win. Uh, that it cannot uh, win out the end of the day, that something will defeat it. And the God that Smith rejects uh, is actually O'Brien's God, the party's God. The, party, the party's God is power. It's an idol. He doesn't even know the triune God. There are no more churches. There once were. There are these buildings that used to be called churches. There's this nursery rhyme where people talk about church bells, but nobody knows what it's about. So nobody knows about the triune God. Uh, and so, Win- so uh, Winston Smith is sort of identifying the thing that will, that will defeat evil as the spirit of man. Uh, he doesn't know what it is. There's some power in the universe that's uh, a good left in all of us. And maybe what he's identifying is sort of the fact that we're made in the image of God. Uh, and what he doesn't know is that uh, perhaps we could say that this is the son of man the Messiah, the helper, the rescuer, who will come. There is a spirit in the universe that will defeat all evil. In the beginning of uh, Isaiah's prophecy, uh, which uh, we're starting to read, by the way, we started reading it last week, and we'll be reading uh, from Isaiah for, for a little while, uh, through, through the Christmas season, I think maybe even into Epiphany. At the beginning of Isaiah's prophecy, we learn that Jer- of the fate of Jerusalem and Judah um, that God's uh, chosen tribe, the kingdom of David, God's anointed, uh, is living in a, a world of chaos. The nation itself uh, is, uh, is falling, uh, and it, what, the nations that surround it are also chaotic. Uh, the image that we get is actually sort of dystopian. Uh, it's in uh, dire, dire straits, uh, absolute abomination, seemingly hopeless uh, sort of world that Jerusalem and Judah are now in that uh, Isaiah describes for us in about the first uh, 10 chapters up until this point of the book. However, in chapter 10, immediately before our passage today, the two verses that we didn't read that, that are right before the passage that we had today are this. Behold, the Lord God of hosts will lop the boughs with terrifying power. The great and height will be hewn down, and the lofty will be brought low. He will cut down the thickets of the forest with an axe, and Lebanon will fall by the majestic one. The, these images of trees are throughout Isaiah. Before we even get to this stump of Jesse that we had in chapter 11, uh, God talks through Isaiah about trees, uh, the, the, the nations and the people being like trees that are lofty, that are lifted up, up, that are falsely exalted, and God will cut them down. The, those who exalt themselves will be not only humbled, they will be humiliated, they will be uh, reduced um, the, 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 so that he might be exalted instead. 
so here we have forest, trees, thickets, bushes being chopped down. Uh, in other words, God will exalt those who are falsely, ex- uh, he will humble those who are falsely exalted, who are abusing power. Uh, and yet, however, but this at the beginning of chapter 11. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Uh, so even though Jesse, uh, which is Judah, uh, David's father, uh, symbolic of the tribe of Judah, even though Judah itself has been reduced, not eliminated, but reduced to a stump, at the end of the day, there's hope. Life will come out of that stump. I have a stump in my new backyard now that's covered with vines and ivy. You know, life can't help but to to cover uh, this old stump in the ground and it will bear fruit. Uh, And uh, this is the the tribe of Judah. And what we're talking about here is the rescuer, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. This is prophetic of the coming incarnate word, uh, the new hope uh, who will come Uh, for the nation that's bottoming out, um, but has not been eliminated. And while the uh, the spirit of the Lord seems to have left uh, Judah, uh, it resides in this man. Uh, We're given in chapter 11 sort of uh, contradictions or or paradoxes. Even though Judah is like this, he is like this. Uh, Even though uh, the spirit of the Lord seems to have left Judah, Uh, It will reside in this man, this shoot. And while Judah lacks understanding and wisdom, he will have it. And uh, he will rightly fear the Lord when they did not and judge with righteousness when they can't see clearly or hear clearly. He will judge with righteousness. And his words of truth will defeat and tame all wickedness, bringing about an era of sort of unprecedented peace between Judah Uh, themselves and uh, Judah and and surrounding nations. The wolf will dwell with the lamb and all other manner of uh, uh, sort of predatory animals with uh, animals that are typically prey. The wolf will dwell with the lamb. So basically, Isaiah is a a book that's reassuring. Uh, Even though there's a lot of talk in the beginning about how Judah is basically like Sodom and Gomorrah, he uses really harsh words, uh, calling uh, Judah a whore. Even though it sounds so terrible, Isaiah at the end is reassuring. And you see glimpses of this in places like chapter 11, chapter 40, skipping along. The reassurance is the, the sort of the end message uh, that uh, is, uh, gives us confidence even when we are in distress. No matter how bad or bleak things uh, are getting, Not even the gates of hell will prevail against God and his activity. Uh, He he has a rescue operation for us that Isaiah is describing. When we're in the midst of uh, suffering and it seems like life is a horror story, uh, it's difficult to sort of recognize the forest for the trees. But that that truth, that reassurance is there. Uh, We're just sort of short-sighted and can't see it. And we need the help of someone like Isaiah to help us see it. Uh, God not only rescues the uh, lowly, but he also enacts justice. Those who are, are oppressors uh, will be brought to justice. This is, a, this is a, a helpful word to hear. You know, all the, the bad that's uh, in the world will be dealt with. 
uh, it's not for us to deal with. It's for him to deal with. And uh, Isaiah even satirizes evil in the way that Orwell did in 1984. uh, And he comforts the weary. Whereas 1984 uh, ends with no comfort at all. Because it had to be a sort of a clarion call, a warning. It had to end with a bad ending. Uh, so that it might get us to think. But Isaiah's message uh, is uh, one that ends ultimately with a sort of good and happy ending. Uh, Ultimate comfort comes from the shoot of Jesse, great David's greater son, the small child born of a virgin, the prince of peace, the wonderful counselor. I once had a a conversation with a a man awaiting a heart transplant in uh, the hospital And this is a sort of impossible situation that I pray that I will never have to experience. Uh, I once was a chaplain at a cardiac ICU uh, uh, unit, and uh, it was the the worst. The worst is when somebody has uh, a heart problem. Um, So many other things can happen, but when it comes to, to something like a heart transplant, I can't think of anything worse. And I asked this man what he made of his situation. Like, how did he honestly feel? Um, And I can tell that even though he was exhausted and uh, uh, downtrodden, uh, he told me with with what I perceived to be real honesty. Because often when you talk to people in the hospital, they give you sort of trite sentimentalism. They tell you what you think, you know, chaplain, you want to hear or... Or, 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 you know, mom and dad or brother or sister or friend, sort of platitudes, even the one on the gurney. But this person with, with what I could tell was absolute honesty uh, said that ultimately he's not afraid. Ultimately, he's not afraid to die uh, because his hope is in Jesus Christ. Uh, that he was exhausted and weary and downtrodden by the experience and hated that was happening and didn't want to go through with it. But somehow, in a way that I envied at the time, uh, he was ultimately not afraid even to die uh, because his hope was in Jesus Christ. And he knew where he's going, he said. Uh, he believed in the power, uh, the saving power of Jesus Christ. And although this uh, life uh, can sort of uh, take away our dignity, um, our worldly provisions, uh, and even our literal hearts to, to the point that we need a new one, it can never take away our one final hope, uh, the hope uh, that there shall come forth from the stump of Jesse a a shoot, new life, uh, and it shall bear fruit. Uh, And this shoot, this branch, is is Jesus Christ. Uh, In 1984, as I said, the the totalitarian uh, nature of the government ultimately wins out the end of the day. Uh, And although uh, these sort of Orwellian dystopias, uh, and you could read so many other ones, are sort of warnings of how bad things could get in the world, the good news message of Jesus Christ is that no diabolical entity will ultimately win, uh, that he will win at the end of the day. No matter how much we're reduced to as individuals or societies, uh, it's uh, it's his hope uh, that's the end of the story. In his farewell address to his disciples, Jesus Christ says, in this world, you will have trouble. Uh, I was talking to someone uh, recently who's a fairly new Christian, a year and a half. uh, And she said, 
do things get harder or do they get easier? And I said, actually, I think as a Christian, things get harder. Uh, That's been the case for me. And it's biblical. Jesus says, in this world to his disciples, you will have trouble. Most of them were beheaded or crucified in several decades. Uh, But his next words are, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And you have trouble. You know, you're having trouble right now. You've had trouble in the past. And you will have trouble uh, in the future. You know, the ultimate end of everyone in this room is that we all will die an earthly death. You know, I mean, we're all we're all weak and heading in that direction. So, uh, you know, we will all have trouble if we're not already having it. Uh, we'll have it again if we've had it before and feel like things are going great. And, you know, I don't know what it is for you. There are a hundred something different stories in this room of pain uh, right now in the past or things to come. Uh but, uh, you know, maybe you've been coming for a little while and this is a, a nice experience for you. You don't entirely know what to make of it. When I talk, you think it's a good talk, you know, not a, a sermon of comfort. Uh, but, but, but I appeal to you to, th- to think of these things as absolutely true. I stand before you as convinced that everything that I'm talking about is absolutely tr- a true story and not just some fantasy or a nice little talk. Uh, And I I ask you, I beg you, I invite you today to to imagine that all that uh, that Isaiah talks about is uh, is true, Uh, that there's there's hope at the end of the day, that even if you're going through something as terrible as a heart transplant or maybe it's something sort of, uh, you know, relatively trivial compared to something like that. Don't minimize it. You know, it's still real pain and know that uh, at the end of the day that evil will not uh, win out the end of the day, that a shoot will come from the reduced stump of Judah, uh, and uh, that is Jesus Christ, uh, who's come to save and rescue us. Um, Friends, as we are seated, let us pray. (coughs) Almighty God, I thank you that that when all seems hopeless, uh, we can, and when we... don't always see it or sort of short-sighted, Lord, um, that we can always come back to the scriptures and see that there is an ultimate hope uh, and that even uh, diabolical powers, uh, the gates of hell, will not prevail against Jesus Christ and his church, Lord. Help us to see that day by day and especially uh, Sunday by Sunday, especially this evening. And we thank you for this good news. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.